Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. It's another lovely edition of the Tech Edition podcast, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. Clarence. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, dude. Going pretty good. Uh, get, glad to be back in the uh, podcasting chair. How about you, man? How's it going? Can't complain, man. It's finally warming up. So, oh yeah, that's that's pretty soon good. gonna be hitting the hitting the golf links. Oh, pulling out those rusty clubs and uh, getting them ready. Yeah, something like that. For the one day of sunshine so, you guys get a year there in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> Hardy, har, har. So for those of you who are new or maybe not, since Mark's the only person watching, hey, Mark, every week or when we feel like it, we talk about the best, hottest, newest tech stories and whatever else we feel like talking about. So let's get started. Yeah. Did you want to talk about anything first before we jump in or? Um, not really. Um, Captain Marvel came out recently and I saw Dude, I, ha- I have not seen it. How is it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The, the thing you have to realize is a origin story. So it's not going to be like the bombastic Marvel things we've seen in the past few years. It's sort of more Captain America, uh, first Avenger than it is, um, you know, the latest. <laughs> Well, that's uh, not good. Snapped it all, but I thought it was really good. Like the the second half of the movie is more akin to the the uh, movies we've been getting over the last few years, whereas the the first part, of course, is the origin. So, if you want to hear more about that, go to discussingcomics dot com, where me and Cal did a review of the movie. So, check that out there, guys, if you're into it. Okay, one last question: What? A, how does the CG Samuel Jackson look weird? <laughs> well, you know what, he is CG'd, but I think. I think people are over, over, uh, stipulating the CG part because I saw a behind the scenes and they, they're still using a lot of practical effects with it. So he has a wig on and he has a lot of makeup on. So even though some parts are probably CG'd, most of it is probably just practical, to be honest. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, then. So let's hop to it. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. So we're doing something maybe, I guess, slightly different this week. We're doing our, you know, top stories, um, story of the week. I'm going to bring one. Carrie's going to bring one. We'll talk about other stuff as well. But this is kind of just what we are deeming our top stories over the last seven to 14 days. This has been a minute. But I think my top story of the week, I don't know if you're into politics. I'm. Not really. I'm, I guess I have a listening ear to what's going on. But of course, the the upcoming candidates are starting to make uh, put their stake in the ground and try to establish their platforms going forward. So Elizabeth Warren is a Democratic candidate. And yeah, she has some big proposals, which I don't know how people are going to like this. Um, She pledges breaking up the big tech companies. Uh, and- Dun, dun. Saying, saying that they have too much power. Now, part of her criteria for this, if the company company is making over twenty five billion in revenue, and um, of course this affects companies like Facebook, Google, and Amazon. So I'll just read what um, the Verge has here. So I'm sorry, in gadget. Uh, Warren has two proposals to counter the influence of these huge tech companies. First would be de- designating large tech platforms as platform utilities. 
These companies would be prohibited from owning both the platform utility and any participation on the platform, Warren says in the Medium Post. Second, Warren proposes focusing on the reversal of tech mergers that she calls anti-competitive. The examples she provides are reversing Amazon's acquisitions of, of Whole Foods and Facebook's purchase of Instagram, among other things. Uh, these mergers and acquisitions, Warren posits, illegally undermine competition. So, in a nutshell, just a kind of layman's explanation, um, Amazon cannot have this big sprawling store that's the biggest store on the internet and also have Amazon Basics, which they may place a little bit higher in the search results. You know, bolstering their own products on this store that is so massive and so integral to um you know just the internet as a whole and to it in my opinion this is no different from walmart having great value on the shelf you know it go ahead oh no no i was i was gonna wait till you were done go ahead no yeah i mean to me it's no different from that um but there can come a point when a company can have too much power, you know, if you're Google and we're searching the Google search engine and they only put their own stuff, you know, prime and center in the search results, should government be the ones that are, you know, monitoring that and that are regulating that? I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, these companies certainly can have too much power at some point. So I don't know what the best answer is, but she, she is proposing some pretty radical things. What are your thoughts, man? Hmm. Where to start? Where to start? Uh Okay. First of all, if you want to bake, break up companies who have too much power, how about splitting up AT&T again? (laughs) How about that? Yeah. AT&T, like, you know, I don't think, I think revenue is a, pretty arbitrary way to determine if a company is too powerful. I mean, you have AT&T, which in the 90s was broken up, early 90s, was broken up into all these baby bell companies. We grew up on South Central Bell. Um, And then, like, in the early aughts, they just decided it was okay for them to merge again. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, AT&T has way too much power. They pretty much, I mean, AT&T, Comcast, I mean, I'm just kind of pointing out the irony of this AT&T Comcast Verizon all these companies have like way too much influence over the internet and the other problem is the the government just passed this net neutrality bill or lack thereof um to pretty much kill net neutrality which Mm. is pretty much this same thing but with but with (laughs) the internet and um I just kind of feel like she's kind of biting the hand that feeds her a little bit because yeah. most of these companies are liberal companies and like she's pretty much destroying any chance she has to be president. Not that she had that much of a chance to begin with, but yeah, she's pretty much like destroying that because the liberals are the people who she's, run these companies. Yeah, like, exactly. like, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, ugh. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then you look at the other side of it. The other one side was, you know, you can't you can't have a store, whether it be the Apple App Store or the Amazon dot com store and bolster your own products. Also, the other side is you can't be one of these huge companies and just gobble up all the competition. And I guess Facebook may be the biggest example of this, you know, uh, acquiring Instagram, acquiring WhatsApp. They basically brought all the big competition in house 
And, you know, it, it stems further than them. It's other companies that are doing the same things. So how how do you prevent that? I mean, I, honestly, honestly, I think you just have to let the market play out. I think Facebook has enough ire or enough, you know, bad things coming their way right now that we don't really need to jump in to insert ourselves in that. You, you can think the same thing of Amazon, you know, as huge as they are. You know, the us as the people, we will, you know, rebel if they get too powerful. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say that. Like, I would say in this day and age. okay, this might be a hot take, but I feel like in this day and age, it is impossible for a technology company to become too powerful. Really? Just hear me out. Hear me out for a second. Okay, Remember in the 90s when Microsoft was going to take over the world? Yeah. And Microsoft was getting too powerful. The browser, and, you ballot? know, they they had some <laughs> antitrust stuff. But yeah. you know, in in the late nineties, it seemed like Microsoft was poised to take over the world. Yeah. What happened? Paradigm shift. Rest on your laurels. Cell phones. Cell phones become super powerful. Yeah. Tablets. You know, portable devices. Um, and it's like, like, like Microsoft provides the operating system for most of the computers that run in the world today, and they're still not too powerful. Yeah, because the entire paradigm has shifted. I feel like once a company gets too big and too fat, there's usually a paradigm shift. And it's happened like multiple times, multiple times. Like think about Nokia and phones in the early aughts. Like Nokia pretty much had a stranglehold on the phone market and there was a huge paradigm shift. And then it left room like technology and innovation pretty much kills the chance of this happening. So like right now, Facebook is a thing. Remember before Facebook, <laughs> there was this huge company called MySpace yeah. that was pretty much running the internet. Yeah. And, you know, there was a paradigm shift. Like, I just don't believe that, you know, could it happen? Yes. But I just, I mean, if, look at, look at Apple, look at yeah. Apple. Apple was pretty much had a stranglehold on the phone market. And now the phone innovation in the phone market has stagnated and now they're not as powerful as they once were, you know? Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I have strong feelings about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that maybe the the thing that, again, I bring up Walmart. Prior to Amazon, Walmart was the biggie, you know? Then the internet came along, and Amazon there came out of nowhere. <laughs> but, but, again, like, I guess maybe the the picture to the next shift is not so clear and that might be part of the reasoning of saying is it ever to- clear though <laughs> it's never clear <laughs> true if it, trust true. me if it was if it was clear then if the if the next paradigm was clear then you know walmart would still be dominating amazon like but I, you but know I, like but i think in the early days you could at the onset of the internet you could see it coming down the road at some point at least some of the visionaries saw that <laughs> I don't know. I don't see anything. Amazon used to only sell books. <laughs> they sold books. Yeah, Nobody cared yeah, about true. Amazon. They sold books. True. They sold used books. They bought half dot com. I mean, like, like, you, yeah, I remember that. you know, yeah. like it's it, it you, you know, it's it's just really hard to tell where things are going to go. Like what we're concerned about today, five years from now, we probably won't be as concerned about it. I mean, because I'm mean, just think about now, like what what is the huge thing? Smartphones. You know, like it's still the pretty much the huge thing. Like most people access the Internet through smartphones. You know, IOT is growing, you know, Internet of Things, smart devices like that kind of stuff is growing. Wearables is growing. VR is growing. Like who knows where we're going to be in five to ten years? Like who knows? And there may be this unknown company, Virtual Soft, 
that may come up with something that, you know, changes the whole paradigm of VR and makes it not only better, but cheaper, which is going to happen. And then VR will become mainstream. Like it, it just won't, you yeah. know, I don't know. But, I mean, like, I just don't believe that, that Facebook is going to take over the world. I don't even believe Amazon is going to take over the world. Amazon's scary. I'll give you that. They're pretty scary. They're huge. Yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, but look at all of the points of business they're in. They are in the, they are the store. They are the infrastructure. They are selling their own uh, branded products within their huge store and they can prioritize that. So their hands are in so many parts of the business. At some point you have to say, maybe it's too much. Maybe it's too much. Now I'll give you this. I'll give you this. If Amazon buys a Walmart, then we we probably <laughs> need to be like, okay, all right, you know, it's time to dial it back a well, little bit. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's just like people are saying, uh, oh, um, Apple should buy Tesla. Well, not Tesla. What was the company they were trying to get? Uh, Netflix. Yeah, Apple should buy Netflix. To me, that's like a huge conflict of interest because the, these companies are so big, they shouldn't be able to gobble up each other, man. I mean... It just gets to a certain point because, I mean, think about what Amazon is doing. I keep going back to Amazon, but it's like they're breaking in the brick and mortar now. It's like they're yeah. trying to get brick and mortar and Walmart's trying to go online. Like our Walmart, you can get groceries delivered. Yeah. You can buy them on the Internet and then drive up to the store and they'll put them in your car. Like they're they're both trying to, like, take over each other's space. And I just don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to resolve itself. You know, like. Well, and, and again, I think the thing that makes the tech company so scary is their ability to do it so quickly, you know, to, to shift so quickly, I, I guess is maybe the better thing. They're, but is, but, is that, but, but I, I'll give you that. But like, is, is that a bad thing? Shouldn't all companies be I mean, agile? I don't think it's bad, you know. And yeah, willing, true. And will, not, I'm just playing devil, devil's advocate. I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but like, why would you penalize a company from being able to to shift and change and adapt. Whereas these old companies, think about the recording industry, the RIA, think about that. So yeah. in the, in the early odds, I keep going back to the early odds. So in the early odds, when Napster and all this other stuff was coming out, what were they trying to do? Were they trying to, to <laughs> come to market and put out something better than Napster? No. Yeah. They were trying to legislate them out of like business. Existence, like they, yeah. they didn't want to change. And like, that's why the, the record industry for the most part is nothing like it was 20 years ago. Yeah, true. It's because they were unwilling to they were unwilling to adapt. And I just feel like tech companies are more willing to adapt because tech technology is constantly evolving, you know? Yeah. It is like I don't know. I, I agree. Well, I mean, <laughs> and again like you I think you made the best statement for a democratic candidate to put that as the basis of her platform where most of her uh, constituents are probably, <laughs> you know, people who are into these things. Uh, maybe not the best move, but I, I do think it's part of the part of the, the um, what's the word It's part of the, the initiative to maybe push back a little bit at these tech companies, and especially in the wake of Facebook and the privacy and things like that, as we go into the next election, that might be what she's trying to show that she has gusto about. And, you know, I'm not going to let these tech companies get to take this election because, you know. Now, it's one of those, like, if Trump ran on that, it would be genius. Like, but for, for a, a yeah, it makes more Democrat, sense for him. It's like, 
Yeah. You know, but even with even with even with like that, as far as a Republican, you know, as far as like letting the market resolve itself, even that's bad. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You can't do it, Steve Apple. You can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Applesoft. <laughs> All right, man. Well, OK, cool. This is my main story. Um, And it's something very near and dear to my heart. I would say about 2000, late 2002, which was about, what, 17 years ago. Wow. We I are. was like not interested at all in the Xbox. I had a PS2 and I loved it. And I was not, I was also not, I was a diehard PC shooter fan. So I was not concerned at all with playing shooters on consoles, you know, except for Goldeneye. That's probably the only one. Right. So, um, my brother comes home. We were living together at the time he comes home. He's like, Hey, my buddies are playing Halo. You want to come play? And I was like, okay, I'll come. <laughs> and that was all she wrote. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would say for the last, give or take, 17 years, Halo has played some part in my life. You know, not like majorly, but, you know, even though Bungie doesn't make Halo anymore, I I consider um Destiny to be kind of a spiritual successor to Halo. Um, So I say all that to say this. Halo's been on the PC two times. So Halo 1 came out for the Mac and PC around the time it came out. And Halo 2 came out for PC. And then that was it. You know, a couple years back, Microsoft releases the Master Chief Collection on the Xbox One. And Xbox 360. Did the Master Chief Collection come out on the 360? That was just Xbox One, right? I think it was just Xbox One. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, and now it's coming to PC and Halo Reach is joining the collection. That's crazy. They announced this. Um, what did they announce? They announced this a couple of days ago, actually. Um, the PC version is not only going to be on the Microsoft Store; it's also going to be on Steam, which is another yeah. huge thing um, yeah. that you wouldn't expect Microsoft to do. But Microsoft is a new Microsoft. They're not all, you know, get your hands off of my stuff. You know, with the, <laughs> we talked about this Sasha other week, Mania, we, man, Sasha Mania. Yeah, we're talking about this the other week with the um, the Game Pass maybe possibly coming to the Switch. Yeah. Like they want people to as many people as possible to play their games and they're not locking things down to the Microsoft store. Anyway, for the PC version, it's coming out in stages. I think the first game that's going to come out is Halo Reach, which is kind of funny because that's not really a Master Chief game at all. But that's cool. Halo yeah. Reach is one of the fan favorites. It's been often requested for the Master Chief collection. Oh, yeah. Um, So we're going to get Halo. Oh, they're releasing them in chronological order. That's why. So we'll get Halo Reach first, then Halo 1, Combat Evolve, Halo 2, 3, oh, Halo 3. that's what they're doing. That's cool. Yeah, Halo that's 3 cool. ODST, which is my personal favorite Halo game of all time. I like Reach. And then Halo 4. Yeah, Reach is awesome. Um, And I don't really know if they're going to do Halo 5, and I don't really care if they do, because I didn't like Halo 5 at all. Yeah, And it, um, and it seems like they're these are going to be like, true they're not just doing like lame ports they're actually 4k 60 frames yes yes 4k resolution ultra wide ultra wide monitor support adjustable frame rates remappable keys so they're going full-on pc with this in every sense of the word yes yes and andy reminds me of when he um brought guitar hero to my dorm room and i immediately went and bought it like (laughs) (laughs) I think I had an Xbox One, at the, not the Xbox One, the original Xbox. I think I traded my Xbox in the GameStop and got Guitar Hero for my PS2 or something. Like, it was 
amazing. Yeah. So thanks for that. Andy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, it's been a long time coming for this. Uh, you can check out PC gamer or just Google Halo Master Chief Collection. There's a trailer for it. Um, I did not and see yeah. So, so let's see, we will get fills of view sliders, 4k resolution, ultra op monitor support, adjustable frame rates, me remappable keys. And yeah, these are They're not just going to put these out. They're going to continually to, you know, continually improve them, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. Brittany made the comment that PC gaming is huge right now. I, I totally agree with that, but that being said, let me ask you, Carrie, do you think it's just a grab to try to reinvigorate the Halo community? Because Halo has been kind of stagnant the last few years. Yeah, I think Halo 5 was a huge misstep um, for the franchise. And, you know, it looks like with the new Halo, which I can, Halo Infinite, I think it's called, yeah. they're going to bring it back to its roots. I mean, the trailer that they posted, it's like... It looks like it look the art style and every atmosphere is a lot like Halo One. Um, but as far as it's being a cash grab, I don't think it is because if you think about it, the Master Chief Collection has been out for a few years. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah. and they're they're having to sink you know significant resources into this. So I don't really think it's a cash grab so much as you know maybe like you were saying, Microsoft just trying to reestablish the Halo IP because if you think about it, this could be genius. So they release Halo Reach, then they release one, two, three, four, maybe five, and then by the time all that's done, Halo Infinite's out. So you know, it it just kind of like leads leads people into that. And you know, of course, with Xbox Anywhere, Halo Infinite or Halo Six is definitely going to be on PC. So you know, I I just think it just will you know create a lot of buzz, and I'm super pumped. Yeah, and I, uh, in addition to that, I think they did greenlight a Halo series on Showtime. I don't what? know. I don't know a bunch of details about it, but but it has been greenlit for a Showtime series. That is awesome. It, hopefully, it's like Ford Unto Dawn and not like that other series <laughs> that they released. Ford Unto Dawn was amazing. Um, it was a prequel ish thing for Halo Four. Yeah, and I really, you know, Halo Four was different, but I I really liked Halo Four as far as the single player. The multiplayer was kind of meh. But the actual the single player to me was a lot of fun. You got new weapons and yeah. If it's more like that and not the one with Locke. Oh man, you don't I like you don't like Luke Cage? He's boring. <laughs> He's boring. <sighs> He's boring. And he punched Master Chief for no reason. Yeah, he did do that. <laughs> <laughs> So Halo Battle Royale. Yeah. Oh, that, that might be on to something there. Yeah. Maybe maybe set in the Halo universe. Oh, I don't want to be know. like Spartan BR. <laughs> that would, well, I guess it wouldn't really matter, but maybe OD, ODST. Yes. ODST. They drop. It's they perfect. drop in the pods. And yeah. <laughs> that, ODST that. Battle Royale. I'm going to send a note to Bungie. <laughs> Not Bungie. 343 Industries. Yep. I forgot their name. Okay. What else we got? So Microsoft demonstrated xCloud Gaming this week on an Android phone with a Xbox One controller um, playing. What? I think they were playing. What's, what's, the, what's the racing game? Um, Forza. Forza. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I want to know what their play is. And I'm still just not sold on streaming yet 
maybe maybe on the PC in your home, I can see it kind of taking off uh, for somebody with, you know, not the greatest system. But I, I don't I don't know if I can really get in my mind the whole mobile part of that, because to me, once you immediately once you go go to mobile, you immediately start to lose what makes a streaming game good, which is bandwidth. So, yeah, I say for non Twitch games, I think streaming is fine. I play the Odyssey. Was it yes. Odyssey? Was that the one? Yes, that's um, Odyssey. Pl- yeah, yeah, I played a little of that, um, and it seemed fine. Yeah. You know, yeah, I had fun with it. I played probably ten hours of it streaming. So yeah, I remember playing Dead Space on Gaikai, and what even to back Gaikai? <laughs> uh, Sony bought them. That became PlayStation now. Um, but I remember like back in the day playing that, and these, that was way that was like four or five years that ago. Was so it was, long ago, man. Gaikai it was, was it on on live? On live. Yep. On live and guy. Like, what happened to those guys? I mean, I know they got bought up by different companies, but it, yeah, I don't know what happened to On Live, but I know Sony bought guy guy. But the funny thing is, like, even what five years ago, six years ago, whenever it was, it felt like it was about to break at that time, but somehow it was just a fizzle. So that's what kind of scares me about this whole craze of Bex Cloud, Google Cloud, and things like that that are trying to you know take off right now because. Cause I'm like, we already did this and it kind of went nowhere. Now, maybe the difference is going to be getting a app for this onto different consoles or, you know, onto different tablets. You know, we're kind of at a different space when you look at the pervasive pervasiveness of app stores and stuff like that than we were seven, six years ago. It's, it's, you know, it's in our consciousness now. So maybe it, it was just bad timing before. Yeah. Possibly. And the internet's faster now, so for <laughs> yeah. for some That's of us. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah. While we're on this, um, I just was browsing around and I came up onto this Ars Technica article. They're saying that it's possible, you know, maybe this is one reason Microsoft beat them to the punch, that Google's going to n- announce a game console at Game Developers Conference. Oh, so GDC is next week. Yeah. All right. Yep. So hear <laughs> me out. Hear me out. Okay. I'm going to pick and choose parts of this um, article. So normally Google showing up at the Game Developers Conference isn't really a big deal. They, they're there every year. Um, but they've been sending out teasers. And the funny thing is one of the guy, one of the people that posted the te- teaser is Google's senior vice president of hardware. Hmm. The division that brought us the Pixel Phone, Google Home, and every other Google hardware product. So that is a huge sign that it's hardware. Um, the second sign is there's a preview page on the Google Store, the store that sells the stuff, oh, devices. devices. Yeah. yeah. So if you go to Google.store.google.com/slash/magazine/slash/gather underscore round, there's a teaser page there, and they don't sell software on that they don't sell any kind of it's phones tablets laptops um connected home virtual reality accessories like it's a hardware store so yeah this Uh, is pretty pretty this could be pretty significant it could be like a little online box but it you know well that it that's what discourages me um uh, (laughs) google of course their phone is highly popular their tablets maybe not so much um but i've think that there's ultimately a software company and the console market is so hard right now. What's that? Ouya, all these other smaller 
you know, Android like devices that have tried to come out over the years. I think they're probably doing themselves a disservice to go into that market, whereas they can just be an app on an established console. You know, have your own controller that, you know, that you can plug in to the PC or, you know, whatever. But I, I don't I don't think I don't know. I don't think a console is a good idea. I just don't. It's just I heard somebody else say, and I, I believe to be true. It's like the rule of three. <laughs> you know, you can have three consoles at any time that can be somewhat successful. But beyond well, that, it's just too hard. Normally, I would agree with you, but the gaming industry has ballooned to be so large in the last 20 years that I feel like maybe we could have a fourth or fifth console. I mean, cause just, just hear me out for a second. The reason I say that is because look at this, look, look at the three consoles that are out now. The switch isn't really competing with Xbox or the PlayStation. Wait, did you say the switch is not a real console? Is that, is that what no, that is not what I said. <laughs> It's not really competing with the other two. And if you look at the other two, a lot of the games are on both consoles. True. True. That that is you know. True. So if somebody was looking to build their own division and push their own games, and it looks like Google's doing that because last year they hired um Phil Harrison, who's been an executive for Xbox and PlayStation. Oh wow. Um they also hired Former former Ubisoft and EA executive Jade Raymond, who actually produced some of the Assassin's Creed games, she is the vice president of an undisclosed division at Google. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it looks like they're they're pooling talent together. And you know, just think about when Microsoft entered the gaming console market; they pretty yeah. much strong armed their way into the console market. Yeah, because there was no room for three consoles. Now you're at right. that at that time. Because, you know, there was Sony, Sega, and Nintendo. And then when Sega died off, I mean, it was just it was just pretty much two consoles for a little while. And then, you know, Microsoft just bullied their way in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you have the money and Google certainly has the money and the the the, the tech um, what cachet behind them to to get into it. But I, I don't know, man. Um, um, Brittany says uh, uh, no one can compete. And. I think I have to agree. <laughs> it depends on how you're going to compete, though. I mean, true, true. You know, true. if if they're not, if it, I think the biggest mistake they can make, like if I was going to build a game game console company or whatever division, one thing I would not do is go to these established companies and try to get them to make games on my console. Like, okay, so you have EA, which makes all the Madden games and blah blah blah. You know, Ubisoft, you have all these different companies. You don't like try to court them. Yeah. You build something on your own. You make yeah. a compelling argument because like, look at what Sony's doing. Like the reason to buy a PlayStation, there are so many exclusive, good exclusive yeah, games for the PlayStation right now. Like even if EA decided they weren't going to make games for, for Sony anymore, they would be fine. Like they don't need EA. Like you, you have to kind of build something on your own, I feel like. And, you know then you know it's kind of a build it and they will come type deal don't try to go out here and get sony and then you got every all the games that are on all other consoles so then it's like i can play these games on my xbox why would i buy your system like give me a reason to want to buy the google box yeah like come out with a couple killer apps not just one or two it's got to be like four or five you know and then people will start 
thinking about buying one. I mean, they would have to be great games, but I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. And, you I, know? and I will say the fact that they are streaming, um, they don't have to rely on hardware. Um, it could be, could be good for them because they can put on any crap hardware basically and still stream their games. Uh, so, and also you think about like running certain types of games. It, the, at that point, the architecture behind it really doesn't matter that much. Um, they can put the different architectures in the cloud and be able to run games from various systems or whatever and still stream it forward. So I don't know. They, they, they may be on to something. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, like I said, I'm, I, I get excited about like new hardware announcements because, you know, if they're going to add something, you know, if they're going to bring something to the table, then, you know, let's see. Let's see what's, let's see what's up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, another story that I have that we can talk about really quickly. And this is just like, um, where it is. Oh, where is it? There we go. Yeah. Uh, so this will be real quick. Um, the Disney acquisition of Fox closes on March the 20th. So, uh, it is almost, oh. it's almost a done deal. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means for the MCU this close, but, but hopefully, you know, somewhere down the line, we'll get to see some, some of the uh, X-Men popping up in some MCU movies. So that's cool. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. And also, so ready. and I guess we can end on this. And this was a big thing. I guess this is a pretty big thing that we didn't talk about. So did you hear about the open letter from Mark Zuckerberg? No, I didn't. So let me drop the link in here. We'll take a look at that. So... <laughs> The Zuck, you know, I don't think the Zuck is that bad. I think he makes mistakes, but I don't think he's like maniacal twirling his mustache kind of guy. You know, maybe he <laughs> is. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think he is. But anyway, he wrote this. He penned this letter. Uh, the title of it is a privacy focused vision for social networking. Privacy in the <laughs> keyword in that title. Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> Yes. So, um, and I'll just read his little summary here at the top. My focus for the first, for the last couple of years has been understanding and addressing the biggest challenges facing Facebook. This means taking positions on important issues concerning the future of the internet. In this note, I'll outline our vision and principles around building a privacy based messaging and social networking platform. There's a lot more to do here and we're committed to working openly and consulting with experts across the, across our, society as we develop this so what he's basically saying is and he has some key points down here i go down and read real quick but he is saying that he wants to harden his social network you know encrypted communications and he makes some thing he makes some more statements that i think are contradictory because he's talking about you know having more private smaller communications between groups but yeah to me facebook is open on the face on the face of it <laughs> you know what that sounds like to me it sounds like them closing their api so third parties can't tap into their information maybe that may be like, what he's the only reason i say that is because if he truly wanted to make a secure social network there's an easy way to do that you know give everybody a public key and a private key and only your friends you know you know, only yes. your only your friend, you know, when you friend somebody, you give them a copy of your public key. Yeah. And then only people on your friends list will be able to see your stuff. 
Not yes. not companies, not third parties, like not even Facebook. Like if they really wanted to do it, but they're yeah. not. Gonna do it. Well, I think is it. I think is it is it Signal? One of those other encrypted apps. They do some hybrid of that where the Signal may be fully encrypted, but I know one of the others does a hybrid of that where the the middle key is in the cloud somehow. Um, weirdness. But so some of his pillars that he outlined is private interactions, and I'll read through these really quick. People should have simple, intimate places where they have a clear <laughs> control over who can communicate with them. And confidence that no one else can see what they share. Doesn't sound like Facebook to me. Other one, encryption. Now, this one makes sense. This is just like a no brainer that they should be doing anyway. Uh, people's private communications should be sec- se- secure in an encryption prevents anyone, including us, from seeing what people share on their services. So, you know, that's that has huge implications for Facebook because their ability to read traffic um affects them greatly it affects their advertising it, it which is ultimately their bottom line because they're that's how they make money is off advertising so if they're not going to be reading our messages how are they going to survive yeah uh, this is it, yeah. it sounds contradictory to me you know another one reducing uh permanence this is basically a nod to snapchat generation you know and it basically goes on to say people should be comfortable with being themselves and should not have to worry about what they're sharing coming back to hurt them later. Snapchat <laughs> messages go away after a little bit after you see it once. And they do some things like this on Instagram already where you can choose how you share a picture um, privately. You know, you can put that is permanently in the chat or that it disappears or is more Snapchat like as soon as you watch it is gone. They give you some control there. Uh, other pillars, obviously safety. Um, and interoperability, this is more to their, um, their messaging platforms where you can communicate between WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook without having to jump in between apps. So that's a goal of theirs. And lastly, another no brainer, secure data storage. So apparently the Zuck is, <laughs> I don't know, I went on for a minute there, but apparently the Zuck is, um, more focused on privacy, security, and putting the clamps on his precious social network, but I don't see how he can do it. And I'm not cynical about Mark Zuckerberg. I, I, I think he's doing the best he can with what he has, but you know, maybe some of these things are a little too <laughs> pie in the sky you, utopian. You, you, you want me to give you guys a TLDR of that? Uh oh, here we go. I don't want to get grilled by Congress again. <laughs> You're the cynical guy. You are the cynical guy, man. <laughs> But basically, you're right. <laughs> basically, the right. first commandment of tick, cover thine own behind. <laughs> so, oh, see, that colors everything he said in his statement. <laughs> you, I mean, seriously, though, I mean, you can you can think that he actually had this epiphany of this grand design that we need to be moving toward to become a better social network. But if you look at him, what they call him, data. The, how we looked on Congress, you know, what a year or two ago. <laughs> uh, Zuck done had enough. Zuck done had enough. But you know, if he's if he if he's doing it for the right reasons now, I, you still got to kind of <laughs> applaud it, don't you? I don't believe he's doing it for the right reasons though. Have you heard some of the stuff he said about people that use Facebook? Um, it's pretty bad. Oh man! But this is more in his college years. But I mean. 
You know, I feel like it's self-preservation. I mean, at this point, it has to be. Because if he really cared about privacy and protecting people's data, they would have been doing it already. He's a freaking CEO of the company. Like, You're not I wrong. Mean, You're not wrong. But I can't really fault him because if he is really going to make it more secure, then that's better for all of us. But I just don't see it as some, you know, um, what's the right word? I don't see it as some grand gesture out of yeah. the goodness of his heart. He's doing I mean, the right thing. Go Zuck. <laughs> the right thing for the right reasons or something like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that's a big one this week. And my I mind's I, telling me no, but my <laughs> lawyers, my lawyers are telling me yeah. Hey, that guy is off limits. No singing his songs <laughs> on his podcast. <laughs> Y'all trying to kill me. <laughs> oh man, All no right, stuff. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I guess I think we've been talking for long enough. Hit me if you want to. So we got people in the chat. What? What is? You, what are you guys' top stories of the week? Does anybody have Al anything? Agrees, CYB. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. What do you got? What are you guys been reading about? Anything you want to bring to our attention? Anything? Anything? Anybody? You have the floor. You have the floor. Facebook chat. <laughs> Zuck is listening. <laughs> Nobody has any. Okay, well, you know, we'll leave it open. Come, come on with your stories next week, and we'll talk about them. As much or as if can. you would like to be on the podcast and talk about some of those things, hit us up. Send us a message. Um, we're all about having guests, so. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that by sending in emails at fans at com or hitting us up here on Facebook or any of the social medias, as it were. Cool. All right, then. We have board game news and LOL nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, there'll be more stuff to talk about next week. Um, this is more of the music week. I know they do some check stuff in South by Southwest, but it's mostly music, so. Cool. I thank you guys for joining. See you guys next week. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Expedition. Very, very quick. Expedition. I can't, I can't beat that. I <laughs> <laughs> just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.